0: Yeah, Gadget. Made in America. Based
2: To hell and back is in the job description. Being roughed up, scuffed up, run over, kicked, thrown, dropped, dunked, and done the unthinkable is a
0: duty we've embraced for more than 40 years. Through superior engineering and constant innovation, only Pelican has conquered the chaos a life of ambition
3: can dish out. And we've done it. Welcome to the reel down on Paddling Fin with your hosts Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Real Down on Paddling Film. It's Monday, and here we are. What's going on, Jimmy?
4: Not too much, man. What's up? I feel like I hadn't seen you in a
3: while. Yeah, I took last weekend off. Last Monday off, you know, had to do some uh, secret Mason stuff. Masons. <laughs> uh, our meetings are all Monday nights. I'll I'll do a little plug for our Masons, but yeah, ask what. We're doing. <laughs> but there you go. I didn't mean to. But, uh, yeah, every now and then. Our meetings are on Mondays, and I don't go because of this. So it's kind of, every now and then, I have to go. <laughs>
4: have
5: to show gotta, face. <laughs>
3: yeah, I got to get the secrets. Yeah.
4: yeah. If you don't, we're going to see you in the middle of a live one day, and somebody's just going to, like, snatch you off the screen. and
3: uh, dun, 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 dun. I get like That'd
4: it. be hilarious. It'd be bad, but it'd be hilarious. Yeah. So what's up with you, man? You fishing any?
3: No, no. <laughs> not a whole lot. Uh, we actually went to... I know you had your uh, Bass Nation kayak series, your tournament on Pickwick this weekend. And we went up there just to do a family trip and um went up camping and we I was gonna take my kid, you know, and my wife to go to the waterfall at uh, Cooper Hollow. Mm-hmm. We we're gonna pedal paddle up there and go see that, you know, there's some much smallmouth and in, in that region and because uh, he yeah, had never caught smallmouth, usually not very big. But uh, yeah, there's usually a you know you can usually catch a couple small ones. I'm not trying to give everybody a spot for the tournament for the tournaments coming up this year. Don't go to Cooper Hollow because you're not going to catch any, anything for a tournament. But uh, yeah, there's usually a few in that region. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Now I feel bad. I said something. I'm, I know somebody's going to be like, "Ooh, I heard Cooper Hollow is a the deal. They got a waterfall. Got the donkeys in there. Yeah, it'd be full up in the summer. It's going to be full up with pontoons." And you are not going to, want to go to Cooper Hollow. Yeah. But uh, it's a it rain. So it was, you know, it, it would have been nice to go to. Yeah, I
4: love, I, I checked the forecast, you know, turn. Oh, yeah. We did too. no rain got on the water, no rain. My phone went off at like eight thirty eight in the morning and it said, uh, a light rain will set in in five minutes or whatever. And I was like, Hmm, it won't be long. You know, two hours later. We were soaked. I didn't take any rain gear with me. And it was, it was like just cool enough to where you started to get cold. Like my buddy, it was when he froze, but like, you know, the wind would blow a little bit and you'd uh, like, have to like put your feet in the water to warm up and stuff like that. It sucked. I was upset. And then the fishing was meh where we were. I mean, it didn't take too much to win our little event. And honestly, I don't even know where those guys are at. So,
3: a surprise i was surprised here i wrote it down but it was a 82 and three-quarter uh Rand, mm-hmm. randall wallace one he's a hammer uh, one of those dugout guys but uh yeah I, I was really surprised it only took that much i, I wish i was signed up for it No. the well. one
4: thing i do know is that the fish were bunched up apparently um something that we had we kind of caught all of our fish and like when you'd find one you'd find you know pin and then uh, he said the same thing. He said that they covered 12 miles, but he caught all of his fish in, like, one fifty yard stretch. Uh, and they—I mean, the guy that was with him is the guy that got second place, and he, like, he only missed him by a quarter of an inch. He tracked him down and almost made it happen. It should have been right. great. It went from the running joke in the States. Randall was a runner-up Randall for so long. He was always second, could never break out. And now you can't beat him, and it's kind of annoying. So... There.
3: You, <laughs> I'm sure a lot probably a lot of them were caught earlier. Shad's spawned too. Mm. Yeah. There we go. All right. But while we're here tonight, uh, we have the winners from the natural state kayak anglers. They were on
4: Table Rock.
3: I know, yeah, Table Rock. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're a Table Rock throwdown ace of blades. I saw that. I was like, it's a cool company. Y'all, y'all have a you have sponsoring Ace of Blades. It's pretty rad. Yeah. Uh, it just sounds badass but uh yeah here we go so we have three uh first, second and third place we have dwayne Beatty, justin brewer and michael burgess and no particular order Ooh. yeah michael got second justin got third. all right so i think i did that right welcome to the show guys. thanks yep thanks for having us on yeah i appreciate y'all and uh i know dwayne you said you've been on paddling Finn before but uh, we'll go ahead and do introductions. Uh, we'll start with you, Dwayne. Just tell it by who you are, how you got into kayak fishing and what you do whenever you're not fishing, I guess.
2: Um, well, fishing's everything. So <laughs> and, <laughs> my name's uh, Dwayne Beatty and I've been kayak fishing since 2015 and I've been fishing my whole life. So it just kind of transfers. Um, the, I work for catch company that makes the bump boards you know that um i do custom painting lures for skirmish baits and a few other places
3: and some social media and things like that cool and you are totally fishing all the time there is no outside of fishing stuff then that's your your not really i mean everything i do is
2: fish related at least
4: Well, it's good that you've got the the fine balance, it sounds like, because a lot of the people I talked to that wanted to get in the industry outside of, you know, like, I want to work in fishing, once that happens, they don't get time to fish, so you're definitely... Yeah, that's definitely a problem.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
3: The the better you do, the more that gets to be a problem, for sure. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Cool. Uh, Justin, how about you, man? I see that Natural State Kayakling Angler's 2020 Angler of the Year there, so... Yeah, that's that was kind of something I've been
5: fishing hard for since I started. I think I started in 2016, I believe. Uh, back before attorney X and all that stuff, back whenever it was turn your phone in and I, we had to go through all the pictures, the, the judges had to go through all the
3: pictures off your phone. Um, that, that was last year. Here we just got on board. But- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not
5: kidding, it's really? so sad. Yeah. Well, you guys will enjoy Turny X. Are you guys using Turny X up there? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So it it makes things a lot easier, a lot smoother, and quicker, especially at the weigh-ins. But yeah, I started in 2016 and uh, been trying to get the angle of the year title is kind of what I my main goal. When I was barely squeaked by Dwayne come the the classic, he, I think I pulled it out by two points, but I was able to get it, and I was that's something I'll be pretty proud of moving forward but um watch out he's got a jump on you sure yeah i know i, I missed the first one because i went down the lake fork to fish the bass uh the bass nation tournament down there and uh, the first tournament i had to fish was the mlf style and that's never last year i did all right in it but that's never been my my forte and this year wasn't wasn't any different Didn't do no good so i'm having to play catch up the rest of the year can't have too many more slip ups
3: gotcha and what, what do you do whenever
5: you're not fishing? I, I'm just an electrical supply salesman.
3: Okay.
5: Se, uh, A seven to four job and get off weekends and spend afternoons and weekends fishing. Most I can.
4: I'm trying to find your end of that, man. I'm an electrician and I, I, I'm jealous of the guys at the supply house. They just look so chill all the time. They're always drinking coffee and having biscuits. And I'm over here like stressed out and tired.
5: <laughs> that's the way to do it. The supply house is the way to go for sure.
3: <laughs> See, I'm, I'm in purchasing for a construction supply and I mean, we have electrical and everything else. So I buy that or my buyers buy it. And you know, so I'm, I'm on the other side. We're all three ends. We're buy it, sell it, purchase, put it in, install yeah, <laughs> it.
1: That's
3: funny. Michael, how about you, man?
1: Uh, This is my, second year of kayak fishing I've, I've kind of fished all my life um I, I was boat fishing for a while then um i ended up selling my boat and my boss is actually who got me into kayak fishing and uh, uh last year i, I got a ang- uh, rookie of the year through nska and uh this year i'm coming after the, the angler of the year Ooh, oh. i like it dang
3: and what, what what do you do whenever you're not fishing
1: uh, so I'm a project manager, uh, for an electrical company. Um, I install yeah. CCTV cameras and retail stores.
4: So now we have the four corners. He's the yeah. boss.
3: <laughs> Michael's got his eyes on you. Watch him.
4: <laughs> He's the guy that catches me every time I break an OSHA violation.
3: So uh, did all three of you come from the boat side?
5: I did. I didn't. Yes. I started, I started straight into kayak fishing.
3: Hey,
4: okay. Man, you, you you did great you missed such a big expense
5: <laughs> that's what because I, I mean i started i think i was 19 or so so i really didn't have the money to have a, a anti-bass boat at that point in time so pack was the cheapest option and the easiest way to get started in tournament fishing so that's what i picked up with and enjoyed it ever since
4: that's, wow. that's my favorite thing to look back now when i'm like damn this is costing me a lot of money like i didn't have a nice high-end bass but i mean i had an older nitro and everything but like i still with i think all of the last time i added it up with all the boats i've bought and most of the gear i have i don't think i ever scratched a dent on that purchase <laughs> so for now i'm doing good
3: well you're you're definitely a quick study to win angler year and such a big club and to have not fish like me Oh, we lost in college and boats and everything <laughs> for so long. Yeah. that. Oh, am I back? You're back.
1: You're back. You're back.
3: Okay. Yeah. But I, I fished on the boat side for so long that it, uh, you know, to be angler of the year that quick from, you know, having not bass fish that much. That's, that's,
1: that's awesome, man. Well, not angler of the year, but rookie of the year.
3: Rookie of the year. There yeah. we go. Well, Justin too. I mean, he, he hasn't oh. been bass fishing that, that long, I guess. Yeah.
4: Some people just have it, man. It kind of blows my mind. Naturals. Yeah.
5: It's still sometimes that you don't get the amount of experience and practice as you can get in a bass boat with running different areas and trying to figure out a pattern in a kayak. You're kind of limited to, you know, just a couple of pockets here and there. So it kind of limits you on how expansive you can learn in a short time period. But I guess you, you learn to, um, Do better map study and pick pick areas apart when you're there because you're you're stuck. I mean, you're not going far. Dwayne goes miles a day, according to what he posts. You know, I'm like, man, that he just goes, goes, goes. I just I try to pick everything I can apart and preserve some energy.
4: Yeah, especially you know if you're not one of these motorized guys, I'm guilty. You know you. First, it teaches you how to really just break down what you pick. I mean, you can do so much map study, but, you know, it still comes down to, all right, this is what I picked. This is what I got to make work. Yep. And then it is it is cool. Like, when you, I went from, like, paddling to pedaling, and you're like, okay, I can go a little further and then pedal into a motor. You're like, you know, it's like, I can go 12 miles, and that feels like the whole lake now. So it's, Yeah.
5: <laughs> it's 12 like, miles is a lot. That's a lot of water, really. I mean, you think about it in, in a kayak, for sure, to, to be covering.
4: I think twelve's the most I've ever done. I hear like Cody Milton and some of these guys. I mean, Dan did a huge one on Logan Martin uh, last year. When I hear some of these guys get into the high teens and 20s, I'm just like, how do you have time to actually it like And you
3: can yeah, get <laughs> a line in the water.
4: Yeah, you trolling. That's what you're doing. You trolling.
3: <laughs> I'm Always like I, I am the worst at getting too far away. I just like I am not. In the best shape in the world but for some reason i'm able to just pedal my ass off and and i just pedal all day and i i mean i will get a long way like in our last tournament on logan martin the this year for iron city i don't even know how far i went i i got seventh i did okay but man by the end of it i was dead Dead?
4: dead. you'll be amazed what your legs can do man like i i'm not a runner but like if you take me hiking like i won't stop man i'll just Like I like going up the mountains and climbing rocks and it's just like, it doesn't wear me out. And then I go try to like run a mile around the block. and I'm like dying. What the hell? I don't understand this.
3: Yeah. I don't either. Cool. So, uh, whoever wants to just kind of for anybody that hasn't been table rock before anybody want to kind of give us a layout of, of that lake. I'm the only one that's never been there. I know Jimmy has before.
4: No, I haven't been there.
3: Oh, you had not Okay.
1: I've only been down. there like
3: three times.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah, I've only been there a few times, but it's a high reservoir lake. I mean, you're, you're looking at a lot of rocks and and uh, no vegetation whatsoever. You know, and that's that's majority of the lakes that we have here in in this region is just all high reservoir. You got a lot of lot of uh, coves and it's nothing but rock and or your clay and mud shell, you know, stuff. So that's does fine.
4: it do with it having a good combination of that? Does the it's not ultra clear, you know, is it usually have like a good stain to it or is it a clear lake?
1: The dam is super clear. Dam's super dam? clear. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then your riverside's usually got your stain. I know where I'll be going when I go there. Yeah, we had a little, water.
2: we had kind of a unique situation here because we had just gotten that big rain and it came up four feet. And we were only allowed to fish from Shell Knob to Beaver Dam. And down the Kings River. And the Kings River was absolutely muddy. And then the other side had cleared up quite a bit. I mean, it was, I would call it clear.
3: After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three month plan, I thought, what's the catch? but after talking to them it all made sense there isn't one mint mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you to get this new customer offer and your new 3 month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com/waypoint that's mintmobile.com/waypoint cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/waypoint Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Okay. So I, I know that they have all three species. Is it, how, how do you know which one to target? I guess that's. Uh,
1: you don't target spots. <laughs> well, okay. spots
6: <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, the spots here are, are not like, you know, on the Coosa River or anything. Yeah, right, right, they, right, they're, right. You know, you get like, you're if if you catch a fifteen sixteen inch spot, you hit you get it. you got a really good one. Gotcha.
3: So smallmouth, largemouth—is it just depend on the area or whatever's biting? Did, did it? We, we target what? I guess we don't
2: fish. We don't really target smallmouth unless like on some of these lakes, like Beaver or Table Rock. If we weren't allowed to go to the dam, but if you went up by the dam, I guess you could specifically target smallmouth. But basically, we just bass fish, and whichever species you catch, you catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're kind of mixed in, you know. The majority of our fish are largemouth, though.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Aaron, and what phase are they in right now? Is it all post-spawn, or?
1: I'd say it's, it's a mixture of both. There's there's some that's a spawn, and there's some that are still trying to spawn. Gotcha. Yeah, I Good. felt
2: like some of the fish I was getting bites from were, were pre-spawn, or spawning, I mean, still. Okay.
4: Cool. I'm jealous. We're all yeah. over the place down here.
3: <laughs> all right, Dwayne. We'll start with you. Practice? At, did you get to practice any? You said you hadn't. I did or? not. I did wow. not practice. I I
2: had intentions to go one day, but they were forecasting that big rain, and I was like, "It's not going to be the same anyway." So I'm just wasting my time. So, so yeah, I just. I just went blind and I actually went to a place I'd never been on the lake um, because of where we were allowed to go um, from shell knob down. And then on that, that side, we had had a tournament there two years ago. I believe it was maybe last year and I got in second, but we could only go out of Beaver town, which is down right by the where Beaver Lake comes out and it's still technically Table Rock, but it's the White River. And mm-hmm. so before we could launch from there, we could go as far as we could get back from, but we were limited to that. And this year to make it a little more interesting, they gave us all the way up to that Shell Bridge down the White River and down the Kings River. And so because of the clear water coming out of the dam, I chose to go to the Kings River because I thought it would be dirty. And it was very, very dirty.
3: Why why were you looking for stain?
2: Um, I'm originally from Oklahoma and I just prefer that over clear water, especially this time of year after they just got through spawning or, you know, and if there's spawners left, I don't really want to look at them. I'd rather just catch them blind. And so I just felt better with the stained water. If you paint crankbait, sir, are you a big crankbaiter? I figured dirty water, cranking. Um, I am normally, but this time of year and given what with the bushes in the water and in front of the bushes where I was at it, it dropped off pretty fast. So like the kayak was in like 10 feet. So if it would have been for six feet where I could throw a square bill in front of it, I would have done it more, but I don't know if I even made a cast with a crankbait at this. I caught that. I caught an 18 inch smallmouth on like my fifth pitch of the morning. So that kind of set me in on what I was going to do. Nice. Okay.
3: Cool. Nothing
4: like a, a quick bite that just always like oh, knocks yeah. the edge off for me. A
2: small oh yeah. I, yeah. It was an 18 inch smallmouth, And I, I, I pitched in a bush, but I'd already worked it out of the bush and it was in front of it. And I was not expecting it to be a smallmouth in that dirty water, but I was, that, that really set the tone and got me settled in because as much as I'm comfortable fishing dirty water, you always, it's still intimidating, you know, cause it's nasty and you're like, man, they're not going to eat. But once you catch one and you're, then you're like, Oh yeah, we're going to settle in and do all right.
4: That's the way I always used to feel about it. And then I realized that I always actually seem to do better when the water's got a lot of color. You know, yeah. like even like red, like when it's just yeah. straight mud, I usually can just throw on a spinnerbait or something like that, or a chatterbait, or like, you know, obviously if it's red like that, the water is usually high. I go flipping bushes and stuff like that. That's I've just got to where I prefer that now.
3: <laughs> seems seems like whenever it's muddy water, it just like it makes them a little bit more predictable. Like they, you know, what, they're going to be tight to cover things like that, where it's not, you know, especially not getting any practice. I could see you wanting. To, Go for stained water because you exactly. That was part of the reasoning. Was I knew they'd be on the bank, so in right. the dirtier water,
2: I wouldn't have to. Instead of having zero to twenty five feet or whatever, they would be zero to ten feet.
4: Gotcha. Cool. And I, would be, I love to fish the banks. You know, I, I beat them apart. That's definitely a. I love it. And like I'm telling you, when it rains hard, I'm always like, yes, I can actually catch fish now. <laughs> now here's a yeah, question. I water-
2: High water's nice
4: too. Yeah. Uh, a question for you is how I, we kind of already answered it, but to expand on it, when you have a, a heavy rain and water comes up like that, do you, do you believe that like the day after the rain is the best fishing, three days after the rain? Because there's sometimes that after a heavy rain like that, it's just shut down. Yeah.
2: Do you have I, any like things to that? It's not a time frame it's more of whenever it stabilizes, if it's rising, that's actually okay too for me. Or once it stabilizes is the best. And then once it starts to fall, that can be pretty negative. Okay. And, and the other thing is if it's really muddy like that, once the debris settles out so that they can breathe, you know, Yeah. Um, the actual debris in the water, once that settles to the bottom a little bit so that they're not in a negative state, that seems to help too. So that's probably what you're talking about that first day or so.
4: Yeah. Until that I've, settles I've had back some, out. Some talks with with older anglers and you know, some of them will be like, you know, the 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 day after is my best day. And then I've had some of them where they're like, No, the the second day after is the best day. And then basically the third day is when it just all falls apart. <laughs> But that you yeah. you had a lot more information with it than they gave me. This was just old men right. sitting around a yeah. tackle yeah. shop. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have any specific
2: years. time frame. It's <laughs> just you know, once it once that stuff settles out, and then
3: I like rising better than falling.
4: Okay. Okay.
3: I like it. Justin, how, how was your practice, man? I didn't practice either. Is this going to be all three, of y'all? My <laughs> practice. Didn't I, I, practice. I guess, I guess with the changing conditions, it you know.
5: I actually fished the the Moyak, had a table rock tournament up there, but I went up to Kimberling City area and didn't I didn't do no good there. But um, I picked up in the Kings too, hoping for the, I figured the white would be clear considering there's no, it's a major river, but it comes out of the dam. So it's never going to get super dirty because Beaver Dam, it never dirties up there. It stays green the whole time. So I picked up in the in the kings as well, and it was it was very dirty, a lot of debris, but that's kind of that's my confidence. Like Broken Bow was the same way; it was super super muddy, and I did all right there. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll try and repeat that. And the water was right. Um, started throwing a spinnerbait, caught a limit early, and kind of stalled out wouldn't get any big bites just some (coughs) little fish and i picked up a, a wacky rigged yum dinger and flipped in there and caught a 16 i think and the next pitch hooked another one and lost it and i was like well let me switch up i was flipping a bigger texas rig with like a half ounce to help penetrate the debris and everything so i put on the smallest weight i could find and texas rigged a dinger instead just barely enough to where it would fit to slide through the debris and pull it down and that's I think I, I culled every fish and had 80 inches in one pocket and then just ran the other four pockets I had planned to fish and was able to pick them apart and pretty much guess every spot a fish was going to be sitting on. That's how predictable they were for me anyways. So nice. I just I stuck with that, and now we're we're here. So it worked out.
4: I need this kind of luck, man. I just don't ever – all the cards can play out for me, and I'll get to the to the water and something will still happen it just won't it won't work
5: well it's been a while since i've had just a good solid day of like actually knowing you know being able to predict have a, a solid pattern to catch fish and not just be trash fishing throwing everything i could think of to put together five fish so it was nice to actually catch quite a few fish and and decent fish at that i think all mine were males because every time i even the 18 and a half i think it was a male because you catch them and get them in the boat and you squeezing them and just be peeing that whatever they those males do so i could never find no big females i don't know kind of what stage they were in but they were the good solid males i was catching i believe
4: i wonder if the females were still held off
5: they may have been i just it's hard to fish unless you just fish it real slow you're not really fishing anything you're just kind of fishing the maybe the old bank line and i was i was catching fish up shallow and i'd, I'd rather be flipping those bushes and doing that it's probably the funnest way to catch fish
4: that's I, you know, something some of the guys that are so good in our sport do that time of year is instead of focusing on, you know, spawning fish and, you know, they can put their head down and go fish for the staging and pre-spawners and stuff. I cannot like if there's a chance like it's in the spring, it's terrible if I get wind that there's a chance I can flip on spawning fish or you know, the first stage of spawners and, and I, I, I'm going and doing that mm-hmm. and it'll, it'll lose me that tournament probably every time, but it's, it's so much more fun to me.
5: That's kind of what I've been, I mean, ever since broken bow, I haven't done very well. I fished you fall in a tournament, fish table rock in a tournament. not not any luck. And I, in my mind, I was still trying to fish, how broken bow fish and it just it wasn't that way they were still they weren't pulling up the water wasn't right it, just, it never i kept i was thrown through off all year and i think finally it's getting getting about right to where i, I like it so
4: that's i think that's kind of you know I, I fished lake fork and everybody knows how they were at lake fork and and then i turned around and went to del hollow in tennessee it was the same thing there So that's been, like, stuck in my head, and I I can't, like, shut that switch off. So I Mm -hmm. completely understand.
5: Yep. So, I mean, I may fish. They're having a tournament over here on Uchi Um, this coming weekend. I may go fish that, hoping it fishes the same. And then we have our next tournament on Beaver Lake South the following weekend. So hopefully those fish will kind of be doing somewhat the same thing. But you never know. It's Beaver Lake, too. They could be doing something completely different.
3: Yeah, I guess it just depends if the water is fluctuating.
5: And I don't know. I think they're releasing. Did you guys realize that or see any water movement later in the day?
1: Did you Beaver notice Lake, anything? Beaver, yeah, Beaver Lake's letting water out, and and that's that's really known for Beaver Lake is they never stabilize their water. Either it goes up or they're letting water out majority of the year, all the all every year. Because that's there was a
5: point in there to where all the debris was kind of up against the bank, and then. I'd say afternoon, it all kind of pulled to the middle and looked like it was coming out of the pockets, and it kind of, kind of messed my bite up a little bit. So I had to go yeah, you know, change up. I had the
2: same problem.
5: <laughs> so I figured maybe Table Rock had opened or Beaver had opened or something. Some kind of water movement started
3: at that point.
1: Hmm.
3: Well, Michael, how, how about you, man? You did practice.
1: You- nope, my oh, well. You did- yeah. I, I will say, I mean, if you if you count fish in the Mohegak Table Rock tournament a couple of weeks ago as practice, then I did that too. Um, wow. I ended up tenth place in that tournament, and I caught my PB kayak fish that tournament. It was twenty and three quarters. Nice. Congrats, um, that one, that girl, th- that was definitely a pre-spawner. Um, she was fat, <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, this one. Um, I just kind of, I didn't practice. I didn't really have a game plan. So I decided to kind of just go back to the same area that I fished in the Moeak tournament. And, uh, the pattern was completely different. I spent my first hour and a half, two hours without a single bite. And, uh, and then my first keeper was 10 and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I caught like two or three on a jig. Um, and that's what I, I caught everything on my Moeak tournament the, two weeks ago. And, and uh, I decided to change things up and went on <clears> to the <throat> other side where it was shallower and pulled out a spinnerbait. And within five minutes, I already had three fish and culled my first one. And I was like, well, that's, that's enough for me to know that that's what I need to start keeping with. And that's what I threw for basically the majority of the rest of the tournament. You and can't called, hate a day of spinnerbait. No. no, no. I called every single fish that I caught.
4: No, I, I love, like it's, it's one of those things I hear a lot of guys talk. I don't throw spinner bait, don't you know? Because everybody gets on the chatter craze, which has its place, in my opinion, you know, in different situations. But there's just something about a hot spinner bait bite because they just wreck it. Like there's yeah, no, do. there's no soft spinner. It's kind of like a buzz bait. There's no soft buzz bait bite. If there is, I've never had one. <laughs> and typically, no, they, I've they had soft it. frog bites, but I've never had a soft buzz bait bite.
1: Yeah, when they hit it, they hammer it. They
4: just go for it, man. Especially yeah. in muddy water. Like Chris well, Marks was saying it in the comments, you can't beat the reaction my mouse died. You can't well, beat that reaction by it in
1: the muddy water. What was weird is the area I started in, it was a lot muddier and as I went a- around the bend up towards uh, where this creek fed into, the water was clearer and I had about a foot and a half of visibility. And um and that's I think is really where they where they were moved up. I don't think that they were really in that muddier water for me where I was at.
4: Nice. What's your uh
1: your go to spinnerbait setup? Uh, this one I was throwing a, a War Eagle. Um, it's a, a three quarters ounce, and it was the white with a couple Ooh. black strands in it.
4: Nice and rod and reel. You got a?
1: Yeah, I, I had. I was throwing. Um, I got a Corrado DC on a on a, a, a G X rod. Ooh. Oh,
3: what's up, big money?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I found that on a deal. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> he stole it.
1: <laughs>
4: nice. I ain't got that kind of money. I got the Corrado. I can't. I can't front that kind of that kind of rod money. Go buy no, me I, like
1: six I, ugly sticks. I or found something. that rod for three fifty.
6: To get fifty percent off,
4: that still sounds a little bit outside my range. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it, was, it was just too cheap to get to let go. <laughs> no, I I remember uh, we
4: went to the the Classic Expo uh, when the Classic was on Gunnersville last year, right before COVID. They had all these big signs up at one of these booths about all the G Loomis on sale. I was like, hell yeah, I can afford them. No, they were still like five hundred dollars. I was like, Gah.
3: they can't be that, that good. I'll tell you what, that Bassmaster was like a week before COVID happened i wonder how many people got COVID at the Bassmaster expo i know
4: a lot like uh g-man uh gerald swindle him and his wife left sick at from that and you know they said it was the flu like there was a bunch of the people like shaking everybody's hands and stuff that left sick i, I was fine i was there three days yeah, in a row I was
3: there but yeah we, we did me and sam did the podcast from there live at it and yeah i'm lucky i didn't get COVID. There, because they were giving away buckets too. Uh,
4: yeah, oh, everybody was still like, we were all at that point still making fun of COVID, and, yeah. like touching everybody and all that stuff, and and then like all hell broke loose like two oh, weeks
3: later. <laughs> yeah. It was in March, so I, I think it was like a week later they shut everything down. Yeah. All right, Dwayne. So you were you were flipping and pitching. Tell us more about that, man. What what's your setup?
2: Oh uh, yeah, so I was throwing a big bite baits BFE.
3: Is it is it really that good?
2: I have a pack, but I've never tied it on. Okay, listen, I just bought those. <laughs> this is the first place I've ever t- pitched it, so I'm pretty sold on it now. But I literally that was, you know, five pitches in, I caught that 18 inch smallmouth. So,
3: um, and then I, I, I won this tournament on it. So. That? I but watched yeah, all um, the videos on it being made and I mean it had me sold on it. And I, I probably have more in one pack. I'm sure I got a few. I'm kind of yeah, old. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm going
2: to get some 25 or 100 packs now. So but yeah, <laughs> um I was throwing that with a trocar TK134 all hook and a 3A ounce tungsten weight. Um that was the only fish that I caught in a bush or near a bush well i say that that's the only fish in my final five that was out of a bush or near a bush the rest of them like justin mentioned i found the same thing about those mats of debris it's just like wood chips basically and that three-eighths ounce of weight would go through it just fine you know it wouldn't punch but you know you get it on there and just shake it a little bit and go through And the first one of those I found, I caught a fish that was, I don't know, it wasn't one of my 18s. I think I called it later, but I caught a 16 something. And then I measured him, took his picture, let it go, pitched right back in the same spot and caught another one. Almost exactly like it. And so now I've got three. And since there was two in there, I'm like, that might be a thing. So I better go look for some more. So. I pitched a few more bushes and didn't get bit. I'd already fished, you know, another hundred yards without a bite in the bush other than that. um, The smallmouth, but that was kind of a fluke. I think that was probably a point. He was on a point with wind blowing on it. I think he was just up there. So the rest of these bushes didn't seem to be the deal. So I started going faster and just looking for these debris mats. And then the next one I found. I pitched up there and I did, I caught one of my better fish on it. And just around the corner from that was the back of a tiny little pocket and the whole back of it was debris. And so I just pulled the kayak up in there and just picked it apart for a while. And I kept seeing little swirls that were like making little holes in the debris mat, you know, just like a, it would just open up with a little six inch hole and I kept watching it and then I figured out what it was. It was a shad spawn under those. They were literally oh. spawning and on that. That's why they were in that so well. Oh, so okay. after that, that's just what I stuck with the rest of the day was just pitching
3: those and So they were spawning on the on the floating mats. Yeah, yeah oh.
2: that that wood, they were putting their eggs on that wood. So the bass were under there eating them. There you
3: go.
4: Well, that's awesome.
3: Now, I, was going was. To, I was going to ask if you if you knew why they were on them mats, but there you go. Shad's that's why, it.
2: because you know, at first I didn't ex- I didn't really expect it because it was cloudy. You know, it was sprinkling a little bit and stuff. It had stormed that morning before we started, and you know, without the sun up, you wouldn't really expect them to be under there. But that's why they they were they were under there eating those shad. And then I was throwing a black and blue bait. You'd think I would have needed a white one, but I guess I guess it really didn't matter as long as they were that active under there.
4: That's definitely something I need to work on more is understanding the shad spawn and like like where like I watch videos of Jacob Wheeler and when shad spawns going on, that man goes, finds it and just wears them out like that. He did it all last year, like every tournament they hit. Cause you know, they kind of like follow the, the curve of the spawn through the country and he, every tournament, that's where he went in the morning. He went searching for shad spawn and that's just something I haven't quite started to learn yet.
2: It's one of those things where if you have a late start or anything, if the, you know, when the sun's coming up normally and there's no clouds or whatever, you literally only have 30 to 45 minutes. It's kind of hard in the kayak sometimes because it may take you that long to get where the where you're wanting to go, yeah. so it's a little more difficult than for us not being able to run a big motor to get to it.
5: It'll aggravate you for sure.
4: Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't look into this stuff. Well,
5: and and sometimes,
3: <laughs> worry it'll, stress. <laughs> sometimes it'll go a little bit longer if you can find some shade or. Like yeah you, yeah, you know, like you you start on one side of the bank, and then after a shad spawn's done on that side, then you can go to the other side that still has a little bit of shade on it, and just try you know try to extend that out a little bit in the morning. But if you sometimes if you miss that morning bite, you're done. It needs to be part of your pattern, not
2: the whole thing usually.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm cool. That's good information today. I like this. Yeah, there you go. Whole shad spawn show. I like it. That's literally this like maybe my favorite time of year to fish because I love to fish a swim jig. I mean, flipping and pitching, that's great. We had a tournament recently on Smith and it flooded and I thought they were going to be in the bushes. Same thing. And and they were not. I guess (laughs) I don't know what happened with that tournament, but they did not go to the bushes. But uh, yeah, that's why I told my buddy. I told my buddy, Chuck, it's flooded. I'm going to the bushes It's Smith. That's where they're at. They were not there. <laughs> I don't know where they were at. That I haven't night. put
4: any time on Smith. It's it's deep. It's clear. It's just not my nah. my cup of
1: tea. That's it one thing bad. I haven't thrown yet. Is I have I've never thrown a swim jig. Nah. I, I highly I recommend, recommend
3: it. If anybody's watching, watch the um, the Randy Howell. He has power swimming a jig. That I mean, I I'm, I've watched all the YouTube videos and on a swim jig. Greg Hackney has a lot of them. That's great. But if you want to get that Alabama shake video and learn about a swim jig, that has to be the best video out there. So definitely watch that. Randy Howell's swim jig,
2: that's a great video. That's one of my new favorite things to throw is a swim jig. I've thrown one for a few years, but last year I really started throwing it a lot and figuring out the intricacies of it.
4: Something I was just in the last year or two that I've picked up on is like, I, I love throwing like underspins and like, you know, Kitex and belly weight and stuff like that. And I always start there. And if I feel like I'm either not getting a lot of bites or not getting quality bites, I'll swap to the swim jig just for that. Like, cause I like throwing the, uh, the hack attack, the Greg Hackney, uh, big old thick half ounce jig. It's got a giant hook on it and you know a big skirt. And I don't know. It seems to work. It's not, like I still haven't got like hundred percent confidence in it, but I can usually like if it's like small fish or catching a bunch of like little spots, I can usually swap over to that big swim jig, and then you'll start catching some some decent numbers and size. But I'd definitely pick it up. I was completely like, no, I don't need a swim jig. I can swim other things. And then I finally got a few of them, and
3: it's all right. It's it's usually a little bit more four by four. Like you can go anywhere with it. But we had smile on not too long ago because I always throw like, you know, more of a flapping crawfish style something like that. That's usually where I go with it. But we had smile on not too long ago. I, I know the um, the tactical bass and those guys they prefer the they prefer the uh, dirty jigs, California swim jig, and they throw the big swim baits on it, and then you don't have to shake it. So that's something I haven't even gotten into myself because I'm usually rage menace. Something like that. See,
4: that's I'm the opposite. Like I don't, I don't do the crawls on the swim jigs. Like I or you know the, and I can't f- seem to figure out the cadence on the Alabama shake. I'll have line dancing all over, and I can't. Wow. <laughs> Go ahead, and shake it for us, Dan. Uh, I'm,
2: <laughs> I'm I'm getting too old to shake that thing all the way back. I just shake it when I get close to an object or something.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I love watching videos. Like probably one of my favorite people to watch do it's Dustin Connell, because yeah. I, <laughs> like, I see him and the like he academy here.
3: Uh, like we live right. You know he doesn't live far from me, but it's uh, if you're on the Coosa River, you have to be throwing a swim jig. I
4: fun. love that that man still fishes the uh, all the local stuff around when he's in town. He goes and hits like the Tuesday night derbies and stuff. So there's a solid chance he's still gonna take your money out there yeah. on the local <laughs> level.
3: Yeah, but they and also uh, another one a lot of people don't throw throw a toad on there too. That's a uh, if you're trying to keep it way way up. That's kind of a Coosa river deal here. If you're fishing around mats and things like that, and you really want to keep it high in the water column, like instead of just throwing a lighter one, like a you know a quarter or something. Even I guess you can go lighter in that. I don't throw anything lighter, but put a toad on the back that works too.
4: I can't remember yeah. who it was we had on. That was, uh, I can't remember where they were, but I think you do it too. He was talking about, you can actually take the small swim jigs and throw them on the pads and then just pop them off the pad and let them just dead drop. And sometimes that gets one heck of a bite too.
3: Uh, it's, it's so bright. It. Yeah. That's great. But we'll move on. All right, Justin, <laughs> man. So you were saying you were catching them. How, how were you were catching them again?
5: I pretty much the same way Dwayne was.
3: I, I was using a smaller yeah, weight than a three eighths. I think
5: I was using a three sixteenth ounce, actually, As light as I could possibly go. And but with I, a I, with a
3: cinco, so it was a little yeah. Like, it was
5: it was, it was yeah. a it was a Texas rig uh, yum dinger, black yeah. and blue. Um, but yeah, I whenever I caught that one on the wacky, I fit because I like I said I was fishing a creature bait on a Texas rig, but with a half ounce trying to penetrate the stuff and I, I got maybe two bites and i made one pitch with that wacky worm i was like okay maybe they want something falling a little bit slower so i got a rod rigged it up and i think two pitches in i, I caught one and then later on i cut another one so i was like okay it must be the deal so i just get that in my hand the rest of the day well i say that i try to throw a spinner bait when the wind picked up but it just bait wasn't working so maybe if i would have thrown a creature bait. Something a little bit more bulkier. I may have got some bigger bites, but that that one was working. So I was like, well, I'll stick with it. Maybe I can get get lucky and come across one big one. But the big ones avoided me. So well, still, still beats a
3: lot of people. Made, yeah, made still, still
5: fun. I figured I, going to the way, and I was like, well, 85 and a half. I bet you maybe, maybe I squeak in the top 10, eight, seventh or eighth. <laughs> but that was, that was 85, 85. Or 85 and a half, 85 and a half, 85, 84 something. I mean, it was right there close. Yeah, y'all were.
4: It was all, you know, so I got the numbers right here. Dwayne was 89 and three quarters. Michael, you were were right on him with 88 and a quarter. Then a little bit of a gap between you and Justin. And then, like Justin said, I mean, it stayed tight all the way down through eighth place. And then that's, I mean, heck, even once you get past eighth place, they were all right on each other.
2: Yeah, After just, the moyak, I thought there was gonna be at least three people hit ninety, so I didn't I wasn't even sure I was gonna be in the top five.
4: That's and
3: crazy. somebody's asking whenever you were flipping the mats, was it were you flipping with braid or straight flora?
5: I probably went a lot lighter than I should have. I had a jig and my bigger Texas rig on my twenty and seventeen pound fluorocarbon. All I had left was fifteen pound. So I tied it on that and I would just Hitting with 15 pound, and I didn't have a problem. Never broke off, made sure I retied, felt my line. But those fish, you could feel them rubbing the the bushes, rubbing the logs, and that that line held up. I pinned my 18 and a half, the biggest fish I caught. She was behind a bush. My my kayak wouldn't stop, the wind was blowing me out, and I hooked her. She took off, and I had to pin her up against the the tree with her mouth hanging halfway out of the water Mm. as I'm getting my paddle, trying to paddle myself backwards, get my net, and just All I can do to get her under the net, and then I just broke my line
3: to pull her to me and make sure she didn't get off. (laughs) But it's it's tough to flip with too big a. I mean, if you're throwing a Senko or a Dinger, you can't throw it on like 20. That's tough to do, anyways, unless you have like a six inch or something. But it was just a five inch. So, I mean,
5: 15 pound worked fine for me.
3: What about you, Dwayne?
2: I went the other way. I was throwing 65 pound braid with a 20 pound leader so yeah mine and i I had to replace my i only when i'm pitching braid to leader for that i use like a 16 or 18 inch leader and i had to tie a new one like three or four times because i'd find a bad nick in it so that stuff was pretty pretty bad but i'm sure you had to retie to some with that smaller smaller line i'm sure
5: i just i retied just to make sure i didn't want to so yeah. I don't want to break just there's been that one big fish. I'd t- try to set the hook and snap her off. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. So I always probably about after every fish catch that I cold, I would retie just just to make sure.
4: And what's y'all's fluoro choice?
5: That was the sunline um Abraise-X is what I was using.
2: I think I was using P line uh what is theirs called? The tactical, tactical fluorocarbon. Fluoride. Yeah, um, as long as it's one of the premium, either Sunline or InvisX cigar, or yeah. whatever, yeah. as long as it's one of the high-end ones, I really don't have a preference.
1: I use Invisex. Yeah, same.
3: They're, they're all good, Sunline, Seaguar. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with any of those.
4: It's really a preference thing, I think. I think they're all like the more I mess around with it, I think they're all good. I don't think you can go wrong with any of them, honestly.
2: Especially flipping and pitching. Now, when I'm cranking, I want that X. It's just smoother, you know. And the sunline will. The sunline's okay for cranking too, but but Invisex is my favorite for crankbaits.
5: Uh, yeah, I think that's the main difference in in the lines, is especially getting to the bigger sizes. The cheaper lines want to coil up and and hold their memory too bad but i've i started tying a new knot and ever since i started tying that i don't have any problems with breakoffs like shaky heads for for sure on eight pound test i'd always break off a lot but i don't i don't have a problem now with the the new knot that i've started tying so i think that was my biggest problem
3: which knot is
5: it i don't know what it's called uh i saw jason jason um, christie tie it one time he just doubles it up through the eye and then just instead, it's just a fisherman's knot. At that point, you just double it, then twist it five times back to itself, and you have the three, the loop, and the tag end. You just cut them all three. And that, and that, that holds
4: for That's me. the snail knot, isn't it?
3: No I don't think it's a snail uh, not the snail that, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know is, okay? is that what it is or so, something like that? I don't even that know the name. It. Could... Yeah, oh. it's got a name. I can't
2: remember it either, but I know which one you're talking about. That's got three tag ends.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know that's what uses too. I've heard him talk about it. That's right. Well wait. we've been going a while. We don't wanna hold y'all up too long. We appreciate your time and you being on. Uh but before we let you go, we always wanna give everybody a, a chance, shout out anybody that makes fishing easier for you. Uh Michael, we'll start with you, Eston.
1: Yeah, um, you know, my, I've, I gotta thank my wife and my family. They they really help me out with my kids, um, on the times that I go fishing tournaments or if I need to practice thank or you. something, they Help uh, watch my children and and uh, give me the opportunity to go outdoors.
3: There you go.
1: That's awesome,
3: Justin. Uh,
5: I got a shout out to Yum and Booyah, of course. They they're my primary bait company, and they I've been with them for a while now, and they you know they they do me right, and uh, <laughs> kind of I'm glad I chose them. They it's I found starting on not to drag on, but I wanted to just find somebody to work with, you know, just to to have a bait company, but it's, it's better to, to put in the time with somebody that you like and use their baits and put in the time with them, sharing their stuff, let them know, and then get in that way. than to just find somebody and just, just because they'll let you on the team, you know, you want to, you want to have somebody that you're, you're proud to, to represent their stuff because they, they make good quality stuff. But yeah, shout out to them. Cause they're, they're baits, covert series spinner bait. That's kind of been my go-to with Booyah. Um, but yeah, that's,
3: that's kind of my, my shout out here. And that Christie critter, I'll I'll throw a shout out to that. That's an underrated bait. That's, that's a dang good bait. Actually
5: over here on this side of me, where it's at right there at Atkins last year, I won that tournament flipping a Christie critter. All
3: right. Cool. And Dwayne, how about you, man?
2: Uh, mostly my wife for letting me do all this, and also Catch Products and Catch Outdoors, Dakota Lithium, Eagle Claw Trocar, ONTC, of course Hobie Kayaks,
3: and my newest sponsor, Bass Mafia. Oh, the Mafia! They got some good nice. stuff. I like the, They have the one. Where the, all the jerk baits fit in it. Whatever. Yeah, that yeah, mean. the
2: one with the tubes.
3: Oh, yeah, that's legit. Yeah, that's pretty cool, mate. Pretty pretty cool holder. Cool. Well, we appreciate y'all, and uh, good luck the rest of the year, and I'm sure we'll have you back for too long. Thank you.
1: Thank you, guys.
3: Thank you. Thanks. All right, let's talk about these other tournaments. Got a bunch of them here, and hopefully my internet holds up. Apparently, it's a little funky at night. Uh, You pay for the good stuff, and you, you know. You just never know. You it's know I'm telling
4: it. me. I feel you, dude. I've paid for good internet now, and I have way more trouble out of this.
3: Yeah. My mine's usually great. I, I can't complain. My my wife and my wife's probably out there watching something. Um, all right. First, we had the kayak anglers in Northeast Ohio. They were on uh, Mogador Reservoir. Sounds like Moldor, or where the wherever Lord of the Rings place. <laughs> Moldor. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Forty-one anglers, three fish limit. Eric. Ortapan Pan in first with forty eight seventy five. 75 Dennis Simmons and second with 47-and-a-half. And Jay Jordan with 45-and-three-quarter. Uh, Central Carolina CAC anglers, they were on Falls Lake, 55 anglers. Joey Sullivan won that one with 88-and-a-half. Mark Phillips in second with 84-and-a-quarter. And Jacob Miles in third with 80-and-three-quarter. Uh, the big one, all the big high-dollar one this week, and they were on KBN if you want to listen to that. All-American Kayak Series, they had their Roadrunner, 59 anglers. Mike Dent, 92 and a half. Sam Young in second with 87, and John Stickley with 86 and three-quarter. Kayak anglers at Eastern Pennsylvania on Merrill Creek Reservoir, 32 anglers. Dylan Cup with 56 and a half. Corey Ziegler, second with 53 and a quarter. And Chris Tornong tor, torn, with 52 and a half. Mo Yag, they were on Lake of the Ozarks. Um, I didn't get how many anglers, but first place was Mike Demp, 92 and a half. I think it was 100 and some. That was the, the largest, biggest turnout of the week. Definitely over 100. Uh, Brock Van Tassel in second with 88 and a half, and third was Sam Young with 87. Blue Grass Cag Bass Fishing on Barron River Lake, 34 anglers. Drew Russell, 79. Todd Nick McGuire with 79 as well, and Jay Wallen in third with 76 and a half. Uh, way out west, you had Oregon kayak bass, bass fishing on Doriana Lake, 41 anglers. Richard Childs with 90 an and a half. Taylor Hicks in second with 85 and a half. And William es- es- Eshelman with 83 and three quarter. And last but not last least, SoCal kayak anglers, SoCal anglers on Lake Sutherland, 46 anglers. Johnny Baynard with 89. Rick Summerfruit with 87 and a half. And James O'Connor. 85 inches congratulations to all them and here we go the tournaments a week there's a lot of them it's full-on tournament season now and you know
4: kayaking still blowing up man there's so many tournaments going on i love it
3: it's crazy like in states there's so many i mean you have these guys where they a lot of times they get double dip between natural state and moyak that's the whole you know that area the midwest all over it's it's crazy right now
4: I always say I was going to like start fishing more. Like I fished one of the Coleman kayak angler events. I need to come down there and fish one of y'all's events. Come so never... Yeah. Where are y'all at again? You said Lay Lake.
3: Lay Lake. Yeah. It's, I haven't
4: fished there since I was like 15.
3: It's the devil. That, <laughs> like, out of all the Coosa River lakes, it's easily my least favorite. And my mother-in-law lives on it. Like, you know, I, you think I'd love it. I've spent the most time on it, but it's, it just doesn't. I don't know. Never happens for me. I'm just trying to sc- scrape up some Mayo Y points. It, it ain't going to be good, but
4: you got it this weekend. You going? Right yeah. You going to come in with sixty seven inches? Six, okay. 67 and three fish. It's all going to be spots.
3: I'm be shaking that swim jig all day. I know that. alright yeah. alright you All right. <laughs> all right, y'all. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll see y'all for too long, and well, for too long. I don't know why I said that, but we'll definitely see you next week, <laughs> next Monday. Maybe,
1: yeah, no. we'll be here again. But we'll
3: yeah, be safe. Wear your PFDs.
4: Good night.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on paddle in fin. and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water shout out to rocktown adventures located in northern illinois for all your kayaking camping and hiking needs shout out to jig masters jigs when in doubt get the jig out go to jigmasters.com